We are back with my good friend and buddy, Ryan Eaton. We're going to be talking about things we wish we would have learned or things we did right uh, in our 30s. So um, this is, you know, universal principles, whether you're 10, 15, 18, 48, but we're specifically looking back at this past decade. You know, last um, episode we talked about financial things, and one of the things we mentioned is starting early, because if you do start early, man, it helps a lot (laughs) uh, financially. But I would say that same piece of advice works with everything, health, fitness, marriage, uh, child training, uh, spirituality, like there's compounding interests in all those areas. What would we look at in terms of like things that we would do again or things that we would do different, even spiritually? Like what did you kind of see, you know, from from 30 to to 40 that like that worked well for me or I wish I would have placed a greater emphasis just in deepening things spiritually for for you? What did that look like? Man, there is no doubt uh, small groups of men getting together for me uh, was one of the biggest things that's helped. My dad does a... Monday morning Bible study every week. Yep. And I get to sit there with guys who are all probably 20 years my senior and be able to hear how they interpret the Bible, right? That's a huge thing for me. Our small group that we've had that with a group of guys, just being able to see kind of in that one, it's like, what are we dealing with in our season yep. of life? And I got guys all in a similar environment. Uh, that has been huge for me and just to be able to study maybe a book topic, maybe it's a chapter of the Bible, maybe it's, you know, book of the Bible, maybe it's a true book. Uh, but studying that, that has by far to me been the best thing to help me grow because it's one thing, I don't know, you, you, you may not feel like this because you're a pastor, right? Like you get this, you know this, you've been to Bible school. But for me, sometimes when I try to get up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, I go to read the Bible. It's like, oh man, and nothing's <laughs> clicking yet, you know? And so I got to get the workout in before I do that. But uh-huh. even sometimes when you, depending on the translation, even you're reading in, right? Yeah. Like the thou's and the arts and the different, right. like we just don't talk like that, yeah. right? And so finding a translation that really relates to you and then maybe going back and looking at the other translations to yep. see how it was originally said. But that's the same thing a small group does. It's, it's the Mississippi translation, right? It's us all <laughs> talking to each other that's in good. our seasons of life. And that has, that has always been a real benefit to me and kind of hearing what other people are dealing with and learning from maybe the ditches they're in to be able to help me spiritually or them learning from my ditches. And yep. that, that's been so valuable to me. Now, I would say... 100% agreement on that. In my 20s, um, I didn't really have a lot of that. But in my 30s, I really found that iron really does sharpen mm, iron. So true. And you get around other people who are trending in the same direction that you're wanting to trend in, in marriage, in spirituality, and all those types of things. It does sharpen you. And I placed a greater emphasis on that in my 30s, and I'm so thankful I did. I would do that all over again. If I could do anything different, I'd do it more. That's right. Uh, Because I I think we both, and we've talked about that a lot, of life, it gets busier, and kids, and you're, you're just living so much for them that sometimes it's easy to not really look at the things that you need. Yep. Um, and if I could go back and do anything different, it would be like to prioritize yeah. more of that. You know, we did that missions trip years mm, ago. That was special. And it's, we still look back at it as like such a time of, of bonding, of course, a friendship, but also like deepening things spiritually and some of those memories made with 
with men who were even our seniors that right. we were able to just take so much wisdom from them. I, I wish I would have done that one or two more times of, you know, getting together, taking a missions trip, going to see something, having that time where you, you have instead of just, you know, 30 minute lunch or, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, a good five, seven days of like with Christian men, right. and you really have a lot of those conversations about mm -hmm. marriage and family that become guideposts That's and right. become turning points um, and That's things right. like that. So I agree wholeheartedly. And I love the point that you made about the, the Bible translation mm -hmm. and finding a Bible translation that does speak to you That's and, right. and, and getting that in. So. It's helped me at least. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's another person out there that's like that. But yeah, that's it's right. helped a lot. That's right. Um, personal growth. Um, I know that's something me and you both mm -hmm. really prioritize in our life. I, I, I believe that life typically does not outgrow us. Yeah. And if it does, it'll shrink back to us. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know that, you know, personal growth is a big thing for, for us in terms of reading and podcast or books on tape, things like that. Are there any things that you do with intentionality or wish you would have done to kind of further that process along for personal growth? Like what are some of the habits you have in that area? Yeah, so, you know, we've all heard the quote, right, that says the only difference from where you are now and where you'll be five years from now are the books you read and the people you meet. There's a lot of truth. That's a good to, quote. Say that again. <laughs> the only difference between where you are now and where you'll be five years from now are the books you read and the people you meet. And I don't think that is all encompassing, but there is so much truth in that at the same time, right? Yes. Um, and if you really look at that, there's the learning aspect and there's the relationship aspect. Mm. And learning to me, the audiobooks has been big. I, I've been doing audiobooks for 10 years, and I know some people still to this day is like, if you don't have the hardcover book you didn't read, you know? so like, I get that. Do you, right? Like, be, be you. But for me, I can read a book while I'm on the treadmill. Yep. I can't do that physically. Yep. Uh, I can do it while I'm running in the morning or while I'm doing this or that. Uh, while, after I take kids to school, I can listen to something. That has been big to me because it allows me to put information in. And yep. we are so blessed to be in the, the uh, time of life that we are where we have that technology to be able yes. to do. Just how we can use technology negatively, we can use it positively. Yes. And this is one of the things that, for me, using it positively means. Whether it's a, a YouTube how-to video or whether it's a podcast or it's audio, but whatever the case may be, just putting that information in. But at the same time, just putting in the information doesn't do anything. And I got a friend who, you know, he reads, he reads a ton of books each year, 50 to 75 books a year, which to me is a lot. And, uh, and, and so with that, though, I can't tell you the last time I've seen him take action on any of those books. And I don't say that negatively. No, yeah. I say that to bring the point across that taking action with the information you learn is critical. Yeah. I would rather read five books that I do something with than 50 books that I don't do anything with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always kind of looked at it as kind of like a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. I yeah. like Honey Nut Cheerios. And, <laughs> and uh, I love, love a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. But if I leave it in that bowl of milk, mm -hmm. it becomes soggy, right? It's not any good anymore. Yeah. Well, the same thing with information we learn. If we don't take action, pick up the spoon and eat it, it becomes soggy and it's just no longer any good. Yeah. So get something. It doesn't have to be take a book with 50 chapters and you have to do something with every single chapter, but make sure you take one or two things from that information. And yeah, I've said that for, for years, that one scripture done mm. is better than 10,000 read. Yep. 
I agree. Um, and like if something is speaking to you, a book, a podcast, um, a devotional, That's right. whatever it is, reread it and reread it, re-listen to it and re-listen to yeah, it over man. and over and over and over again until you find yourself taking action. And I, I, I like what you said, too, of like the books that I've read or listened to or, yeah. you know, podcasts that collect information, con- collect knowledge, make wisdom the principal thing. That's right. I think that's a principle that I learned in my 20s. That I carried over into my 30s that worked, served me well, right. is I will choose wisdom before entertainment. Mm. That it's not that I won't have entertainment, but wisdom will come first. I get my work in before my play, you know, that type of thing. Just having that basic principle. But um, the relationships too. Like I've seen so many relationships come in my life that were turning points for my life physically, turning points for my life spiritually, turning points for my life financially. Mm -hmm. Um, They just sharpened me in that area. And... You know, I know one of the things that you're incredibly good at (laughs) is you are good at relationships and networking and things like that. When you're in your car, you're you're calling your friends, you're calling your buddies, you're connecting with people. But that that serves you well in career and in life. But I think it's 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 also uh, helped you make progress. What does that look like for you in terms of like getting new people in your life, getting the right people in your life, that kind of thing? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Um, yeah, relationships. That's the other part of that quote, right? And so that's a huge thing. Uh, to me, you said it. You were the one who said it originally, and I'll probably mess up the Bible reference, but you said basically we need a mentor, we need someone, uh, people who are there in that same season of life, yep. and we need someone else we're bringing up higher. Yep. For me, mentors have been huge. Um, the knowledge you can get from someone who's 20 years ahead of you or 10 years ahead of you. I look at that, it's kind of like being 10 miles ahead of you on the road or 20 miles ahead of you on the road. Yeah. Hey, there's a cop at mile marker 432. <laughs> there's, hey, there's a huge pothole, right? Like, watch out. Like, they kind of warn you about some different things that might be coming, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that from that side of it, the mentors are just huge and they can give you so much good advice. And they say things in a way that might just click with you yeah. and just bring revelation like that one scripture. Uh, I think that's huge. Having relationships, though, to me, I, I was I, I, one of my gifts, right? We all need to operate in our God-given gifts. And I didn't realize it was one of my gifts until after college, but I like being around people. I like meeting new people. I like hearing about what people do. I was, uh, I guess I was friendliest in high school or whatever it was for the class stuff. And in college, I was a student recruiter at Mississippi State. And I was rush chair of my fraternity. And now I'm chief marketing officer for an organization that recruits brokers, right? So I ended up somehow, thank the Lord, I stayed in my yeah. gift or my calling throughout the whole time. Um, but relationships to me, there's things you do. You want to make sure you're bringing value to the other person, yeah. right? Um, like you said, calling friends. I, if I have free time in the car and I'm not listening to a, a book or a podcast or something trying to knock out, I try to call as many people as I can, talk to them, just spend a few minutes. How you doing? Everything good? What's going on? How's the wife? How are the kids? How are your parents? Whatever the case may be, because people like to know you care about them. Yep. You're thinking about them, right? And yep. so it's just something I've always tried to do there. Um, I recently joined a group to try to help expand my vision and even earlier when we were in your office i saw different things on your wall and you were saying that's to help push my vision 
Uh, and I'm doing the same type thing with this group of people that, you know, they're all running different companies. Some of them have 8,000 employees. Some of them have, you know, 25 employees. So they're all got different things. They're all in different industries. Um, and it's one of those things that I can learn from them, what they're dealing with, what they're seeing. And it's one of those relationships that helps build me from a business standpoint, build me from a life yes. standpoint. I would caution people that, hey, you can get into a group thinking it's going to help you. And next thing you're doing, you're just wasting time. Yep. So make sure intentionally it's a good thing for you. Uh, don't commit to it fully until you see that it's a good thing for you and for the people you're there with. Yep. But, uh, man, just relationships are key. Do what you can to build for, be a friend, yes. you know? And, uh, and I, I think that that's a great point because I think so many people who are out there who may be, you know, looking at their thirties or, you know, okay, I'm approaching this or this next season of life of, I need friends. I need mentors. Mm -hmm. I think both you and me, we see this in life and we probably see it in each other is I make it a priority to get the people I need in my life. Mm -hmm. I do not wait to be called. I do not wait to be picked. <laughs> I do that's not right. wait for somebody to be like, oh, you know, I wish they'd invite me. That's right. I invite people to lunch with our small groups. Both of us will be like, we need to meet. That's and right. we'll send out a, t who's, who's doing breakfast tomorrow? That's We're right. going to meet here. You know, that's that right. type of thing. I would echo big time what you said is a big part of my life that I've seen a lot of success from is pursuing people who are 20 years older than me, who are where I want to be at that age, and being like, can I take you to lunch? Yep. And out of that, I'll tell them I want to honor your time. I want to That's ask true. you some specific questions. I've never had anyone tell me no. It could be <laughs> like, I can't do it here, I can't do it here, but I could do it on this date. And then you come in, you honor their time, you ask them specific questions, you say thank you, you pay for the meal, right. they're apt to do it again. And some of my closest relationships with mentors have come that way. They didn't know me from Adam. I reached out to them, was able to know someone who knew them, took them out, asked them specific questions, has helped my marriage, mm -hmm. has helped my family, has That's helped my right. finances all those types of things. So with us being that, um, for, you know, people who may be coming into their, their, their thirties or in their twenties, we're, we're entering our forties, you know, that kind of thing. Any, any other thoughts that you would give towards people to like, look at their marriage or look at their family or look at their spirituality or look at their money that just kind of come and say, like, I, I want to be that mentor to you now. I want to speak something into your life to like, watch for this, be careful about this. Pay yeah, no, that's that's a great question, and there's there's probably a thousand different things in all the areas. But one that's kind of hit home with me recently, I had a buddy from college uh, who I talked to occasionally. Recently went through a divorce, and you see how much. And I know you see it, but but you see how much it hurts someone when they go through divorce. And I saw even early on they didn't really have many guardrails in their life yeah. in their marriage, uh, and I don't say that from a judgmental no, yeah. standpoint at all. Um, I haven't gotten a whole lot right in my life. Sometimes I feel like, well, one thing that I got right, my wife and I set strict guardrails in our marriage early on. I will never ride with a woman uh, alone. I will never go eat dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever the case. Uh, we set even, even to the point sometimes it's weird because it's like, hey, we're going across the street for a meeting and it's like, take your own car. I'll meet you over there. And it's, you know, it's 30 feet away, you know, whatever the case may be. But setting guardrails in your life 
uh, in your marriage and knowing those up front, using the Bible as your guardrails, right? Yes. And, and, and you've said it before, Andy Stanley said it before, but guardrails, you still might get scuffed up or bruised by hitting the guardrail, but it keeps you from going off in the ditch, right? Yes. And so setting guardrails, not only in your marriage, but in your family, in your, uh, uh, with your finances, that's another big one, and with your time, that's a big one because you can you can get your time sucked away quick, as we were saying earlier with yeah. kids and everything. But um, guardrails are huge. Yeah. Set those in your marriage. Set those in your family. Hey, this is my time for the kids. I'm not letting these outside factors come in during this time. You know, like having those good guardrails there can can do can save your life. Uh, and I agree wholeheartedly. What are some of those guardrails like for you personally, or in marriage, or with kids? Like. Um, you know, like I, I love some of those examples, like one big one for me, and this may be somewhat controversial. I really don't care. It served me well, um, is I don't have a friend who's the opposite sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is, is I, I tell, I told my niece this for years, uh, you know, um, she lived with us for a while and I told her, I'm like, if you have a friend who's the opposite sex, one of you will like each other. Mm. I've heard you and say she's like, well, I, I don't like him. I'm like, then he likes you. And <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, and she's like, no, he doesn't. Years yeah. later, years later, he, he came to her and he's like, I have the biggest crush on you. I always, I'm like, I told you. You called it. I told yeah. you. Because it's, it's not, it, 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 it's not healthy. That's right. And I, I think intimacy always begins when the two of you share what the two of you share. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to have moments of intimacy with the opposite sex and somebody says, well, we're not intimate, like we don't hold hands, mm-hmm. and we, but you're having conversations That's that right. only the two of you are having. You're having moments that only the two of you are having. You're having meals that only the two of you are having. It can build unhealthy soul ties. It doesn't mean it is unhealthy, that's right. but it has the potential. And that's what a guardrail is. It's that's like, right. I'm not off the cliff. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. You're not off the that's cliff. Right. <laughs> like this, this is a guardrail that a man yeah. has put in place that's to it. keep you from going off the cliff oh, and something yeah. unhealthy developing in your life. So there are things like that that I've set. Guardrails for me, like in devotionals, of, of I, I will, before I do anything, I'll, I'll get in the Word and I'll pray and yep. look at my goals. Or guardrails physically of at least four times a week, I'll do something for 30 minutes. That's right. Things. What other guardrails do you think people need to have across all those boards that just keep things safe? 80, spending only 80% yeah. of my income, that's a guardrail. That's right. Um, you know, that type of thing. I what, think what that's, a, that's a perfect one for your finances, right? Like, hey, I'm only going to spend 80%. 10% is always going to go to our, to our family's future. Yep. 10% is always going to go first to the Lord. Different things like that can be good. It can even be some one of those things, you know, that, hey, if we're going to spend over X amount of dollars, we both have to be in agreement on there or yes. we don't spend it, right? Like that's just, a, it's, it sounds silly, but that's a little guardrail that's going to keep one or the other from being upset yep. <laughs> and angry about things. Um, you know, from a time standpoint, I'd look at it. You got to set a guardrail. I love my mornings. Yeah. I get up early. It's no one else in my house typically is up that early unless my son's going to work out at school and yep. you know, he's in and out and gone. 
that is my time to be able to work out, to read the Bible, to pray, yep. all the different things that are there. Um, so setting a goal, hey, this time to this time is this, or hey, I'm not going to leave the house until we've prayed as a family, yep. or I'm not different things like that. When I come home, hitting the do not disturb. This is my immediate one hours for my family here. You know, there's different things like that that you can set. And they're not, they don't have to be complicated, right? Yep. You can set basics, but anything that you can do to, it can be like a, hey, a bumper and it can be a guardrail, right? Yep. And it's nice to have some bumpers there that keep you before you even get to the guardrails. Um, and so that, I mean, it can be of any form or fashion, but you need to get on page. If you're married, you need to get on page, right? Yep. If you're single, you need to think, hey, I'm going to be married. What are some things I need to be creating now, some habits I need to be setting up so that my marriage is easier, right? Yep. And, and that's a big one too, you know, because if you don't get married to your 30-something, you've had 15, 20 years after college where you've just kind of been able to do whatever you want. You might be a little tough to deal with. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that rudely. It's just oh, you've been your old man yeah, and your old right. woman. And, right. uh, so what are some things there to make sure that you're keeping the, the boundaries in check? I like what were things that you, because you, you and Amanda have been married now how many years? 16, Seven, 16 17 years, yeah. yep. So about with me and Pep, because yep. I think we were yep. right there with you guys in that window. What have you seen over that that, has made marriage healthier like our different guardrails or different things that you've done that you would tell couples like as you progress past that seven ten year mark to kind of deepen things or things that you've seen like okay i wish we would have done that more or i wish we would have built that in what what have you seen there with marriage man i'll tell you something that's good and something that i screwed up royally doing at the beginning uh date nights are huge right making sure you're still dating your spouse I was so boneheaded at first, I would take our date nights to talk about finances. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need I know. To be on budget. I know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Let me show you this spreadsheet. I read yeah. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so one of our, our, part of our pre-marriage counseling was going to a Dave Ramsey program. She loved that. You yeah, know, I so, is a great idea. Uh, so, you know, that was one thing that I remember I would, and it, I mean, who wants to go on a date with someone who's going right. to be serious the whole time? I don't. I mean, like, you go on one day to college, maybe a half a date in high school. I mean, like, it's, you're not even answering the phone next time. Right. Keep those dates fun. Keep time, you know, there's a time to talk serious. There's a time to really kind of talk deep. There's a time, but, like, separate it out. Yeah. Uh, I messed that up a lot. Um, but I, I think I've gotten on track now. I'll verify with Amanda. But <laughs> the, uh, we have coffee time in the morning, yep. and we stole that one from you guys. And we love it, having coffee before we kind of leave the house, and that's kind of part of our morning ritual as well. We kind of get a 6.30 to 6.45 before we get our youngest up. And so it's kind of time we can get there, hey, we got 15 minutes just to have a cup of coffee, maybe talk about the day, see how each other's doing, what do we have, what can I help you with? That's a big thing for your marriage. Um, the guardrails, obviously, as we spoke about, are, are big things that we can be doing. Um, but putting them first, you know, I, 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 sometimes it was one of your messages you did years ago, but we were talking about 1 Corinthians 13 and love, right? And you saw all that love is. And, We've heard it, right? We were in youth group together. Like we, we've heard it since we were kids, everything that love is, and our parents have preached to us, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we know the definition of love, but I didn't get love. And, you know, it's long-suffering. I remember that was one of those, you know, New King James Version words to me. It's like, what does that mean? And, like, when you say it's like, long-suffering. Okay, I guess that does make sense. I was short-suffering. 
And so it was kind of one of those things that uh, you had to look at it like, hey, what do I need to be for her? Yeah. Um, and it's putting the other first. And uh, and I was not. I was pretty selfish. I still am selfish sometimes to this day. But the more you can do to be that true love, mm. I, I mean, to me, if you if you're doing that, marriage is going to be just fine. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. And I'll close with this, but with marriage, with um, my children, with my friends, with my staff, a question I've been asking myself a lot lately is what's it like to be on the other side of me? Mm. Mm. That's what, a good one. What's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it like to see me when I come home? What's yeah. it like to be in your shoes when I walk in the door? Yeah. What, what, what's, yeah. it, what's it like to be on the other side of this conversation? What's it like when I walk into, for you when I walk into your room? What's it like when you see me approach you? Mm. What's it like when you see me at the, the dinner table? What's it like for you with me? That's good. And um, that's, that's helped me. Uh, <laughs> and it's challenged me. Yeah, I'm sure. And that kind of thing to, to, to really be more present with my kids, nicer to my, 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 my friends, nicer to my teammates and my coworkers and things like that, more gracious, more humble. But anyway, I think that I, if I could go back um, and do anything in, in marriage, especially yeah. and in those types of things, because I think sometimes as men, we feel so responsible. We do. And so responsible for our family, so responsible for our children, that it's easy to get serious. Yeah. There's a pressure to perform. Yeah. And if you don't handle it correctly, you're right. Yeah. You become serious and strict and yeah. not the best not person fun. to be. <laughs> that's right. So that's, so that's something I've had to watch and guard in my own life is to be more fun, to be more playful, yeah. to be more loving mm -hmm. and that type of thing. Because that strength of like being serious and making progress sometimes becomes a weakness oh, yeah. in some of those relational things. Um, so, yeah. Well, man, I've thoroughly enjoyed man. our conversations, and we need to do it again. I love it. Uh, so until next time, though, uh, we'll see you all. May you be blessed, and have the best day.